part three chapter four section two of the possessed by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part three chapter four the last resolution section two all our fellows believed that shatov was going to betray them but they also believed that pyotr stepanovitch was playing with them like pawns and yet they knew too that in any case they would all meet on the spot next day and that shatov's fate was sealed they suddenly felt like flies caught in a web by a huge spider they were furious but they were trembling with terror pyotr stepanovitch of course had treated them badly it might all have gone off far more harmoniously and easily if he had taken the trouble to embellish the facts ever so little instead of putting the facts in a decorous light as an exploit worthy of ancient rome or something of the sort he simply appealed to their animal fears and laid stress on the danger to their own skins which was simply insulting of course there was a struggle for existence in everything and there was no other principle in nature they all knew that but still but pyotr stepanovitch had no time to trot out the romans he was completely thrown out of his reckoning stavrogin's flight had astounded and crushed him it was a lie when he said that stavrogin had seen the vice-governor what worried pyotr stepanovitch was that stavrogin had gone off without seeing anyone even his mother and it was certainly strange that he had been allowed to leave without hindrance the authorities were called to account for it afterwards pyotr stepanovitch had been making inquiries all day but so far had found out nothing and he had never been so upset and how could he how could he give up stavrogin all at once like this that was why he could not be very tender with the quintet besides they tied his hands he had already decided to gallop after stavrogin at once and meanwhile he was detained by shatov he had to cement the quintet together once for all in case of emergency pity to waste them they might be of use that i imagine was his way of reasoning as for shatov pyotr stepanovitch was firmly convinced that he would betray them all that he had told the others about it was a lie he had never seen the document nor heard of it but he thought it as certain as that twice two makes four it seemed to him that what had happened the death of liza the death of marya timofyevna would be too much for shatov and that he would make up his mind at once who knows perhaps he had grounds for supposing it it is known too that he hated shatov personally there had at some time been a quarrel between them and pyotr stepanovitch never forgave an offence i am convinced indeed that this was his leading motive we have narrow brick pavements in our town and in some streets only raised wooden planks instead of a pavement pyotr stepanovitch walked in the middle of the pavement taking up the whole of it utterly regardless of liputin who had no room to walk beside him and so had to hurry a step behind or run in the muddy road if he wanted to speak to him pyotr stepanovitch suddenly remembered how he had lately splashed through the mud to keep pace with stavrogin who had walked as he was doing now taking up the whole pavement he recalled the whole scene and rage choked him but liputin too was choking with resentment pyotr stepanovitch might treat the others as he liked but him why he knew more than all the rest was in closer touch with the work and taking more intimate part in it than any one and hitherto his services had been continual though indirect 
oh he knew that even now pyotr stepanovitch might ruin him if it came to the worst but he had long hated pyotr stepanovitch and not because he was a danger but because of his overbearing manner now when he had to make up his mind to such a deed he raged inwardly more than all the rest put together alas he knew that next day like a slave he would be the first on the spot and would bring the others and if he could somehow have murdered pyotr stepanovitch before the morrow without ruining himself of course he would certainly have murdered him absorbed in his sensations he trudged dejectedly after his tormentor who seemed to have forgotten his existence though he gave him a rude and careless shove with his elbow now and then suddenly pyotr stepanovitch halted in one of the principal thoroughfares and went into a restaurant what are you doing cried liputin boiling over this is a restaurant i want a beefsteak upon my word it is always full of people what if it is but we shall be late it's ten o'clock already you can't be too late to go there but i shall be late they are expecting me back well let them but it would be stupid of you to go to them with all your bobbery i've had no dinner and the later you go to kirillov's the more sure you are to find him pyotr stepanovitch went to a room apart liputin sat in an easy chair on one side angry and resentful and watched him eating half an hour and more passed pyotr stepanovitch did not hurry himself he ate with relish rang the bell asked for a different kind of mustard then for beer without saying a word to liputin he was pondering deeply he was capable of doing two things at once eating with relish and pondering deeply liputin loathed him so intensely at last that he could not tear himself away it was like a nervous obsession he counted every morsel of beefsteak that pyotr stepanovitch put into his mouth he loathed him for the way he opened it for the way he chewed for the way he smacked his lips over the fat morsels he loathed the steak itself at last things began to swim before his eyes he began to feel slightly giddy he felt hot and cold run down his spine by turns you are doing nothing read that said pyotr stepanovitch suddenly throwing him a sheet of paper liputin went nearer to the candle the paper was closely covered with bad handwriting with corrections in every line by the time he had mastered it pyotr stepanovitch had paid his bill and was ready to go when they were on the pavement liputin handed him back the paper keep it i'll tell you afterwards what do you say to it though liputin shuddered all over in my opinion such a manifesto is nothing but a ridiculous absurdity his anger broke out he felt as though he were being caught up and carried along if we decide to distribute such manifestos he said quivering all over we'll make ourselves contemptible by our stupidity and incompetence hm i think differently said pyotr stepanovitch walking on resolutely so do i surely it isn't your work that's not your business i think too that doggerel a noble personality is the most utter trash possible and it couldn't have been written by herzen you are talking nonsense it's a good poem i am surprised too for instance said liputin still dashing along with desperate leaps that it is suggested that we should act so as to bring everything to the ground it's natural in europe to wish to destroy everything because there's a proletariat there but we are only amateurs here and in my opinion are only showing off 
i thought you were a fourierist fourier says something quite different quite different i know it's nonsense no fourier isn't nonsense excuse me i can't believe that there will be a rising in may liputin positively unbuttoned his coat he was so hot well that's enough but now that i mayn't forget it said pyotr stepanovitch passing with extraordinary coolness to another subject you will have to print this manifesto with your own hands we're going to dig up shatov's printing-press and you will take it to-morrow as quickly as possible you must print as many copies as you can and then distribute them all the winter the means will be provided you must do as many copies as possible for you'll be asked for them from other places no excuse me i can't undertake such a i decline you'll take it all the same i am acting on the instructions of the central committee and you are bound to obey and i consider that our centres abroad have forgotten what russia is like and have lost all touch and that's why they talk such nonsense i even think that instead of many hundreds of quintets in russia we are the only one that exists and there is no network at all liputin gasped finally the more contemptible of you then to run after the cause without believing in it and you are running after me now like a mean little cur no i'm not we have a full right to break off and found a new society fool pyotr stepanovitch boomed at him threateningly all of a sudden with flashing eyes they stood facing one another for some time pyotr stepanovitch turned and pursued his way confidently the idea flashed through liputin's mind turn and go back if i don't turn now i shall never go back he pondered this for ten steps but at the eleventh a new and desperate idea flashed into his mind he did not turn and did not go back they were approaching filipov's house but before reaching it they turned down a side street or to be more accurate an inconspicuous path under a fence so that for some time they had to walk along a steep slope above a ditch where they could not keep their footing without holding the fence at a dark corner in the slanting fence pyotr stepanovitch took out a plank leaving a gap through which he promptly scrambled liputin was surprised but he crawled through after him then they replaced the plank after them this was the secret way by which fedka used to visit kirillov shatov mustn't know that we are here pyotr stepanovitch whispered sternly to liputin end of part three chapter four section two Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.